0: You're listening to the Leadership Jam Session podcast, the place where you'll get to hear leaders at all levels of management share their practical solutions to the management challenge you face every day. So let's get ready to jam. I'm your host, Rob Fonte. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Leadership Jam Session. Today's guest is Dr. Philip Zimmerman, who is an expert on culture and passionate about developing the next generation of leaders. His leadership journey includes scaling his first business, to multi-million dollars before being acquired by a public-traded company. He then went on and became the CFO of an eight-figure consulting firm, and eventually, wanting to pay it forward, he retired and became a high school teacher for over 12 years, where he discovered a generational shift and realized companies were in big trouble if they didn't adapt quickly to the radical change in culture. This eventually led to his groundbreaking book, Unleash the Millennials and Save the World. Philip, welcome to the Jam Session. Rob, great to be with you today. I am looking forward to jamming with you as you're the first guest to come on a Jam Session to specifically talk about millennials. So are you ready to jam? Oh, absolutely. Yes. So I love the title of your book. It's very catchy. Unleash the millennials and save the world. Perhaps you can share with us what that means.
1: If you would look at the millennial generation, currently 21 years old to 39 or 22 to 40, depending on the demographer. They have really been underutilized in the workplace. Their talents, they're the most educated generation in human history. They've been digitally prepared and educated for what's coming next. And they have, for whatever reason, been kept down in the, in the workplace to actually utilize their talents. And so what I'm saying in regards to saving the world, unleashing the millennials is to unleash the talents that they have and watch them not just change the workplace, but save the world from bad things that could happen as a result of technological changes that are forthcoming.
0: Even with AI and the technology that's coming down the road in the future, there's going to be some big decisions that are going to need to be made, and it's going
1: to be on the shoulders
0: of millennials.
1: Right now, 50% of the workforce globally is millennial. And then by 2025, 20, four years away, 75% of the global workforce is going to be millennial. What th- what that means is the, the boomers started retiring about seven, eight, probably eight years ago now. And there's about seven years left for the last of the boomers before they reach age 65. Not that they'll retire, but before they reach the typical retirement age of 65. There's 80 million boomers. So about half of that generation is already retired, 40 million of them. There's only 40 million Xers, Gen Xers. And so For every boomer that has already retired, a Gen Xer is probably already occupying a boomer seat. And then there's about 80 to 100 million millennials. And so for the next boomer that retires, as an example, there's not an Xer to take their place. There's not a 40-year-old to a 57-year-old to take the place. And so you're going to have to put a 37 or 38-year-old individual who may not have that additional 15 years of experience that you're looking for into that slot. And so the idea of developing talent quickly and talent that is ready to go today. I mean, that's the thing is is that our age has changed, our business age has changed. We've gone from an industrial age of productivity, of manufacturing, making things with our hands, which worked out great and has has created global wealth to this idea of a connected age where there's machines are doing more and more, not just the hands-on stuff, automated machines doing stuff, but the machines are now doing the things that humans would typically do. Sales calls, as an example, you automate delivery of emails to, to clients or to customers, potential customers. Mm-hmm. And there's a percentage of those potential customers that will respond back. And that's being done right now on an individual basis in a big way. That's going to go into the, into the business sector in a huge way in the next probably two or three years, where the individuals who are in sales, who are doing personal sales, on the line, telephone call sure. sales, will probably go to a, an automated system. And you need to have individuals within your organization Who not just understand all the the, the back house operations of that, but really on the front side, how is that going to be responded to by the buyers that are out there? And again, if 75% of the workforce is millennial by 2025, typically all the buyers, I would say, because that's typically a mid-level position, a buyer within an organization, all of the buyers are going to be millennial. And so it's very critical for organizations to recognize that the people that they have selling. If they're an older Xer or a a young boomer, as as they would say, nearing retirement, their ability to relate to the buyers that are currently buying the products and services that they're selling Mm – are two generations apart and the two generations think completely differently. The boomers and the millennials think completely differently. They want the same things, but how to get those same things is a a different matter altogether. So it's important that they have millennials who are actually doing the selling now.
0: I'm just fascinated by the the stat that you just provided. By 2025, 75% of the workforce will be occupied. Globally. globally, That's globally. Will be occupied by millennials. That's fascinating. I don't, think I ever even realized that, that we were already at that volume.
1: My book, Unleash the Millennials and Save the World, I, I call it the hourglass effect where the Gen X, the X generation, in between the boomers and millennials is about half the size of the other two generations. And this is not just a United States phenomenon, but it's really a global phenomenon. There's a lot of speculation of why that occurred, but no one knows for sure why it is. It's just, it's just a smaller generation. In The United States, as an example, we went through the Vietnam War in the 60s and 70s birth control was approved and abortion was approved in the United States in the the sixties and early seventies. And so you just had a a drop off of the birth rate, whether it was due to to those factors or not, we don't know, but we do know that early in the 1980s, we started having a lot of kids and we repopulated. And so this missing middle generation is a huge factor. We discussed the other day, when we were talking on the phone, that one of the reasons for work visas in the United States is not necessarily for cheap labor, but it's to get that middle that Gen X generation from around the world who are technically qualified to occupy jobs that are available, that they just can't find American, companies just cannot find people to fill those jobs. They're just not here. It's not that they didn't go into technology or business. They just were never born. That's the big thing. They were not born.
0: I come across this a lot in my travels. The topic of managing millennials comes up all the time with my clients and in my workshops. And I want to get your thoughts on this. Going back to Unleash the Millennials is based on providing them with the right development. And what I hear oftentimes is, and, and here's the question, if I'm managing millennials, should I manage them and approach their development differently than others that I might be managing?
1: I, I'm going to address just to you as a, as a coach. I'm, I'm also a professional certified coach, ICF certified. I didn't know what coaching was until I took a coaching course, 132 hours of classroom time and to truly really figure it out. I read books on coaching and I said, that's what I used to do in my practice, but I didn't know it was called coaching. I always thought coaching was you tell people what to do. You, you call the plays and all that kind of stuff. I'm not gonna pay somebody to, to tell me what to do. I know what to do. I'm smart enough to do that. When I realized it was just completely the opposite. The, the players or the, the clients for of a coach, they get to make their own decisions and the coach just asks them very key questions and sometimes provocative questions, challenging questions that has the individual search themselves and find the answers. By far, this and when you talk about best practices in business, best practices in business for the development of your employees, it doesn't matter the generation. But the millennials were trained in this. In 2009, the article was actually written in 2009. It was published in 2010, Harvard Journal of Business. And it was on millennials, basically, and what they wanted out of their workplace. What do they want from their job? What do they want from their career? What do they want from their boss? And one of the things that they, they noted was that 85% of millennials wanted to be mentored or coached. And so there's the idea of mentoring is, is teaching someone else how to do what you do. The idea of coaching is allowing the person to figure out what it is, how they can do what they do best. It's just phenomenal. It just totally unleashes somebody into their full potential. From a development perspective, the engagement, productivity, and loyalty of talent is did a whole dissertation on this, on the millennial generation in particular, but it works for all generations is dramatically enhanced through coaching, through a coaching process. You, you improve their engagement, you, pro, you improve their productivity, and you improve their loyalty. They've had surveys in this, in this article in 2010. They said the top three drivers for engagement, productivity, and loyalty was development, advancement opportunities, and work-life balance. Those are the three big drivers. That was in 2010. Gallup, I believe it was in 2020, they came out with a new survey. The top three drivers for engagement, productivity, and loyalty are career path development, advancement along that career path, and work-life balance. Over the last 10 years, the millennial generation has not, for whatever reason, has not been satisfied. That's why I'm saying unleash the millennials, unleash them in their development, allow them to develop their technical skills in the career path that that they've chosen to go down. Provide them these advancement opportunities. Advancement opportunities should be wide open right now, with especially with, the, again, an aging workforce of the boomers, not enough extras to take their place. So provide them advancement opportunities, identify those advancement opportunities and allow them to pursue them and then advance them and then give them as much work-life balance as they want because they are the most productive generation ever. I mean, the literature I read in my research when I, when I was doing a doctoral on, on this coaching program I developed initially showed millennials as being In the workplace, they were disparaged. The boomers hated them. They said they were lazy. They didn't want to work. All they wanted was the next job for another nickel. So they were disloyal. And all of that had really nothing to do with the millennials themselves. It was rather the workplace the millennials were entering. The workplace the millennials were entering was an industrial age workforce. Mm. Here's your job. This is what you do. Now go sit down and go do it. They were prepared for an industrial age workforce, which was, here's the problem uh, here's the technologies available. How can, how can we solve this problem? That's what they were trained to do. They entered the workforce and, and his, their, their boss said, Hey Johnny or Susan sit over here and here's a, here's a report I want you to write. And, and here's your desk. And they were like, well, why am I writing this report? Because I said, so Now mm-hmm. sit down. No, wait, why? But why are we writing this report? Well, the client wants us to do it. Yeah. But why does the client want us to do it? And by that time, the manager is frustrated. They think that the, the millennial doesn't want to work. But the millennial was educated to find out the most basic reason of why anything is done. What's the base reason? Well, because the client said so. Well, they know that millennials are not stupid. (laughs) They know why you're doing it. The client's paying you to do this. Why does a client want this done? Well, they're being forced by a regulator to do it. Why is your regulator? Well, because there's a law that can't. Well, okay, now we're getting closer. Why was the law put into effect? Well, the law was put into effect in 1963 to address this very specific issue. That's what they're looking for. Then they're going to ask, well, is that still the case today? In other words, if this is 1963 and now we're in 2021, are the conditions the same? And if not, either we can go back and examine the regulation or is there something else we can do? So then they ask, well, how are you doing it? Mm-hmm. And so then the boss is like, well, let me how you're doing it. I told you how to do it. No, no, no. How are you doing it? Well, we have a program we use and this is the program and this is how we enter the data. It's like a three-year-old. They've, they've been trained to." to treat work. I mean, they're like a three-year-old at work. Why, mm-hmm. why, why, why? How, yeah. how, how, how? And it's not three-year-old questions that they're asking. They're asking very adult questions for a very specific reason, because they've been trained to then look for the available technology because they've been constantly taught since the fifth grade to the eighth grade, to junior college. The technology is constantly changing. Technology Always go for the latest technology. So when you say, this is how we're doing it, they're going to say, you're, you're using a program that was developed. In fact, I have a client. They have a pro- major program that they're that they're working with is based on a access database that was from 1998, I think. And they're still using it today. This is 2021. <laughs> They've got an access database that they're still trying to maintain. Oh, access. And run.
0: I remember using that back oh, in the ni- like mid-90s, maybe.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, it's and still, we were getting, getting rid of it It's still then. happening today. It's <laughs> 2021. So when the millennial discovers that, they're going to say, aha, they have something that was developed just last year that will suck all that, I don't know, I'm sure if we can suck that out of access, it's so old, but yeah. we can suck that data into this new system. It'll work a lot better, a lot cleaner, and provide the same thing that you're doing now with a different technology. And that's what I'm saying, this whole AI thing. And because the boomers mm. have been resistant to allow that to enter the workforce, and the reason why they've been resistant, not that it's not gonna improve in performance, they know it is. Not that it's gonna eliminate potential work, I mean, potential employees, right? Because it's gonna reduce employees which they know it will, but that's not the reason. The reason why boomers are, have been resistant, hesitant to let it in the, because they don't know how to operate and they're not about to learn it. They, they just not. And so that they're going to lose control of whatever it is that they're working on. And my encouragement for boomers and older extras out there that have that fear is to stop, stop fearing the the potential and let it let it happen unleash the millennials in their ability and discover the institutional knowledge that you currently have on the job that you can't do anything with because you don't know what to do with it share it with a millennial and ask them how this is why you're this is why the information that you have this institutional knowledge that you hold why you consider it to be important yeah and this is how you think it ought to be used but you have no idea how to how to do that.
0: And I think the millennials get a bad rap at times, whether it's the older Gen X or or the boomers. I think they struggle with just understanding where their mindset is, the millennials mindset and asking a lot of questions, being inquisitive at times gives the perception that maybe they're pushing back or being insubordinate or on the flip side, in terms of even what you were saying before about what drives them, their engagement, career advancement, Oftentimes I hear this where, oh, well, the millennials, they're just, there's a sense of entitlement. In reality, they're just hungry to learn. They're hungry to get better. They want the coaching. And yet there's a misalignment in terms of how we might be managing them. Is that fair?
1: That's very accurate. Because of the of the mindset, and I indicated before, they're, they're, they can think completely different. We're about, I have it in the book, the, the detail and specifics, mm-hmm. why, why the generations are different but they want the same things. So in a mindset perspective of unleashing the millennials and the way that they work differently and how should you handle them differently? I think that the, the idea of, with respect and understanding that they they do know what they're doing if they are given the right tools for which to do what they know how to do. And that's where the difficulty comes in because a lot of times in our workplaces, we don't have the correct tools for them. And it's not, millennials are not looking for the gadgets or the coffee shop in the middle of the, of the office. Of course, everybody's looking for a coffee shop in the middle of the office or the comfy furniture or all that kind of stuff. But they want the the ability to, to they want to know the whys and the how things are done and the access to technology that's currently available. If I can just give you an idea, 3D printing. I mean, 3D printers have been around for for quite a few years right now but now they're 3D printing buildings entire buildings the wiring and everything are being 3D printed the the future of how we can do what we're doing yeah same thing with road construction i mean they they can 3D print a road now it's just unbelievable the things that are that mm. are available the millennials are we want to say unleash them they're going to make that happen anyway and the sooner we allow them to make that happen i think the better for for all businesses just even talking about the mindset
0: i hear senior leaders talking about well They should be thankful that they have a job. They should be thankful that they're here without any regard to some of the things that we're talking about in terms of the engagement and what drives them. It's more of be thankful you're here at this company. And I kind of laugh when I hear that because it's not like it was 20 years ago or 30 years ago. People can go and, and find jobs elsewhere and then people will question their loyalty. Well, the times of employees staying at the same company and retiring are long gone. And that loyalty has also disappeared from the company to the
1: employee side. That's a fair statement. And in 2014 to 2017, millennials started writing back about the, their accusations of them not being loyal. And, and they actually pointed that out, that it wasn't really their lack of loyalty. It was the companies themselves That's right. because of the 2008 crash that let a lot of people go. I mean, let their parents go from a job. I mm-hmm. mean, the, their parents had worked for 25 years for this company. And suddenly in 2008, 2009, they just got, you know, fired or, or put on furlough or retired early. So they saw within the, when the companies themselves, a lack of loyalty toward their employees, but really the, the, the issue of loyalty was not necessarily the company themselves. It was again. It was just really the the age that the company was dealing in an industrial age versus a connected age. The way that they handle people, the way that people are treated, the work opportunities that they have are completely different. And so the millennials were again educated. Their desire is to be in a what's called a connected age company. And so the the idea of loyalty again in this same 2000. I want to say it was 2020 because I, I remember being shocked that it was it was that it was that recent mm-hmm. of the Gallup survey said that 92% of millennials want to have a long career at their existing company. The Gallup surveyors were shocked. They were thinking there would be a lot lower than that. So what that was indicating to the Gallup researchers was that the millennials were not looking for a job change. They were looking for opportunities within the existing organization where they were working to advance because like anybody else, change is hard. I mean, to think that the millennials want to change every two years, it's like, I mean, ask yourself, do you want to change jobs every two years? No. Right. I mean, you just don't. By the time you get used to the people that are working around you, what you're doing, are you going to change jobs?
0: Is it really that different, if you, if we go back and the Gen X, when we were first entering the workforce, was it really that different in terms of what we wanted? I mean, if I think back, I wanted the same things as, as what the millennials wanted in terms of what drives
1: me. So is it really that different? It, it is not that different. And, and again, I, I just want to reiterate this. Most educated generation in human history, digitally prepared, mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. When Gen X entered the entered the workforce, the boomers followed a very small generation. The senior generation about us was about half the size of the boomers. It was 35 million to 40 million. World War II hit a lot of seniors. And they came out of the Great Depression. So there's a lot the Dust Bowl. There's a lot of calamity that happened in the U.S. and globally in the early 30s, 40s, and 50s that... We created a, a globally a smaller generation before the boomers. And so when we entered the workforce and as the industrial production took off in the 60, late 60s and early 70s, opportunities for jobs were just phenomenal for boomers. And so we advanced very fast. Yeah. And so if you think of yourself as a boomer and you're thinking about well, these millennials, they just want to do, they can't do anything. If they would just go back and run their own memory. And remember what they had the opportunities that they had when they were 25 and 26 years old. That's the same thing millennials want. The issue with the extras was when the extras were coming into the workforce, all the jobs were filled by boomers because we're so big. And so there's a little opportunity for it, really a fast advancement for Gen Xers. So unfortunately for your generation, you've had to sit out a lot of opportunities to advance because there were more boomers who would take that position. And so that's a great point. A lot of people call it the orphan generation because you're kind of stuck (laughs) in between. So you you have a lot of entrepreneur Gen, Gen Xers that were just phenomenal individuals in business and, and their minds were incredible. And they would start a business. And so that's where you see a lot of these technology companies were started by Gen Xers because they weren't going to sit around in a, in a company waiting for an advance, but they'll just go open their own company and do it themselves. Millennials are the same way. If you looked at anybody who has done anything great, uh, music, art, technology, if you look at how old were they when they actually came up with this stuff? They were with, it and they're in their twenties, and usually by the time they meet, hit their mid thirties, they were kind of done. They were just working on what they developed in their twenties, and that's again why I'm saying unleash the millennials. Because if you don't, if they're not unleashed soon, a lot of them are going to get past this the prime time of their ability to develop for your organization, mm-hmm. and they have ideas and they have things that will that will bring us forward into this new age of change that's going to happen, and. When I when I say save the world, part of that is that the this technology that's coming, this AI that's coming, and not just in the workforce, but in military applications, uh-huh. in the medical in the medical arena, in physics, in energy production, there's a there's a very good side to it, a very good upside, and there's a very bad downside to it. And the the idea of millennials saving the world is really saving the world from a, a, a great calamity or uh-huh. or catastrophic event that we could actually pull upon ourselves and not knowing and not knowing really what we're doing. And, and the millennials are really have, are going to have that responsibility. They're going to have to be the ones who decide, you know, what are we going to do with this technology? I go back to your stat
0: of um, that 75% of the jobs are going to be occupied by millennials. So what I'm, what I'm gathering is that millennials are occupying
1: higher level positions oh, yeah. at an earlier age. Yeah. Is that fair? that's fair and, and they're and they're going to change everything so I, I have my book that i think it's by i say by 2040 i, I think it'll be a fair statement by 2040 if, if if i if i'm still around and 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 you're still around older x are still around in, in by 2040 you won't recognize the world yeah well the workplace the culture and you're not going to recognize it. because the millennials have a way they want to do things and when they get in charge they're going to do it yeah. uh, they're, they're nobody's going to be able to stop them yeah. and so that's again this the 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 linchpin to this, I have it. I have a coaching program in the book of of how to engage, uh, how to enhance engagement, productivity, and loyalty through alignment, development, and advancement of millennial talent. And in that regard, as you as you as you look forward of of how how this is going to morph morph into whatever it's going to morph into, the sooner we we uh, unleash these millennials to allow them to access. The things that they can access, yeah. the, the, better we, the better we'll be. And you know what?
0: You bring up a great point as, I mean, I know you're passionate about developing a next generation of leaders, as, as, as me as well. And I spend a lot of time developing emerging leaders, individuals that want to manage teams, and they're like sponges. They want the information. Oh, yeah. They want to learn. It goes back to, again, uh, I, I don't think I've ever realized until you said it, how they've been conditioned and, and trained to learn that way. And so what I'm hearing you say is we as, as organizations and leaders should be taking every opportunity to invest as much as we can to developing our employees.
1: That, that's correct. I, I would say that from a perspective of if you want to just test it out, just just test it out. Find something that you're working on. And I'm talking to, to managers here of talent. Find something that you're curious about yourself of, of getting something done. Maybe you've been assigned a particular project or whatever, and you're you're responsible for getting this, this thing done within the organization. Is call in two or three of your top millennial talent, the ones that you that you really can have trust in and 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 consider are pretty sharp. And tell them exactly what it is that you're trying to do. Why that you why you're why this has to be done and explore with them the why, allow them to ask the questions of mm-hmm. you. Why, 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 why? And don't resist it. Take it all the way to the bottom level. This is why this is really being done. And then when they say, well, how are you planning on doing that? That you throw your hands up. And say, I'm not sure how to do it. How would you suggest it? Put it back to them. How would you suggest mm-hmm. that we tackle this problem? And then assign it to them. Just say, look, I'll give you a couple, I'll give you a week to figure this out. And I, I tell this to the executives I work with now. And, and typically the, within, they say typically the next day or the day after that, the millennial team will come back and say, this is what we this is what we've come up with. And some of them even, even, even come up with an app. They'll actually bring a demo demo app in of how we could put this onto a digital device. And this is how it would work. That's how, that's how fast they are. And, mm-hmm. and so then the, the executive then has to make the decision, well, will this really work? And, and how do I introduce this to the company? Cause this part of what I have in, 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 my book also, this idea of what millennial formation, of you know, millennial dream team is, is that assign your millennials the, 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 the job to go through and find out what the institutional knowledge is in the organization on a very broad based system and how it's all being stored. Where is everything being stored and find out what do we not have currently in digital format that we need to get in digital format mm. because there's coming a day and I, I think it's very soon. When this AI comes online, if it's not in digital format, it's gone. It, you're going to lose that. You're going to lose that institutional knowledge. And then to find out the second step that they were going to take is to, okay, now I want you to investigate the technologies that we're using and what technology is about to be outdated, whether it be the copy machine or the computer systems we're using or the software that, like I said, this company is still using an access program from 1998. What software are we currently using that we need to be, that we need to be updated? And ha- have them come back and give the realistic response. This is what's outdated, and this is in a, the big thing for companies: is that man, we cannot afford uh-huh. the capital expenditure it's going to take to upgrade all this equipment. Here's the reality: a new, a new company is going to be formed. Some somebody's going to get some investors, and they're going to they're going to buy the new stuff from the beginning, right? Uh-huh. So they're going to take that capital expenditure from the beginning, and they're just going to start selling the product. Well, you can't compete with that. That's the whole idea: so is find out what where you're going to get a disruption from. And the third the third one that once they get that once you get that back and you get this big capital number, the next thing you would assign the team is to identify what disruptor can we develop that will actually make us obsolete? What can we bring into the marketplace that does the same thing that we do, maybe in a different way, that is so much faster, better, cheaper that it would put us out of business. And that's a scary thing to look at, but what it allows you to do is to see what's coming because they'll come back with something it, it, inevitably they'll come back with something this is how you disrupt this business and, and totally take it over so so working with and executives what do you think is the biggest obstacle that holds them back with millennials they're going to take my job interesting i mean they're going to take my job and they and, and the fear that that's a real fear and it could be a fulfilled fear mm-hmm. and what I, what i tell the executives that i work with is that you have to get over that fear because you you do work for the organization and even if you're if you own the company you have a fiduciary duty for your company to make sure it, it survives into the future for the employees that are working there. And that if you are, in fact, outdated technologically, you're not outdated in, in regards to institutional knowledge and, and experience in the workplace. Because again, a millennials can be 38, 39 years old right now. They don't have the, another 15 years of experience of what's going to happen, but you get to become their coach. Yeah. And you get to start asking them questions. Well, what are you going to do when this happens? This is gonna happen as soon as they do it, something this is gonna happen. You can start asking them the what if questions and allow them to figure out how they're gonna to respond to those those challenges that they're gonna face. Mm. And then be part of the solution, be part of the team.
0: That's great advice. And and as we're
1: winding down here, what advice could you give to the millennials? If they're hitting the
0: wall or coming up against the roadblocks, what advice would you give them?
1: I I have that in my, my book also. There's two options. Is one to approach your manager and From a coaching perspective, demand coaching. I mean, I just encourage them to demand coaching. Develop yourself an advancement strategy within the organization, which is where do I want to go in the organization on my career path? And what chair do I want to occupy in the organization? And then start being coached by your supervisor or someone else in the organization of how to get there, intentionally how to get there. What What do I need to get development? What development do I need? And how do I get it? When are the opportunities going to be available? And how do I get in line to to take that position Mm. and purposefully intentionally move up the ladder because the opportunity is going to be huge Mm. for the supervisors that are in charge of these, these millennials, give them every opportunity you can, because you will, you will discover they will do phenomenal things if you let them. And that's, that's the big, that's the big thing. We have to let them do this because they're going to do it anyway. Again, as I said, in five years, they're going to do it anyway. So you might as well start now. To find out how can they improve your organization by allowing them to do what they know how to do best
0: and this applies not only in the u.s this is global correct What we just discussed that's
1: that's correct i think if you were to ask a boomer when was the at what point do they travel internationally or know, or know somebody internationally the the responses you would get back would be few to few to far to none whereas you talk to a millennial a lot of them have already been around the world yeah. and they know people around the world already cuz we're globally connect- connected and so there's a huge difference there in regards to their marketplace so our marketplace in the United States 360 million 380 million Versus the marketplace of China, of course, which is the big
0: uh-huh.
1: the big kahuna out there, 1.7 billion people. Uh, there's no competition in regards to what is the bigger market. India, another 1.7 billion right. people. No no competition in regards to the to the to the uh, size of the market. They, of course, financially they don't have the finances that, that we do on a per capita basis, but they'll get there. And so that that's why this this push for uh, global reach for organizations, U.S. companies trying to get into those markets is so. Paramount right now because the marketplace is huge.
0: Philip, I want to thank you for coming on and jamming with me. This is a fascinating topic. And and your book, Unleash the Millennials and Save the World, it's a fantastic book. I highly recommend it for anyone out there. Definitely pick it up and and read it. We'll put the link to your book in our show notes as well as how to contact you. Fantastic. Yep, if anybody wants to reach out and have Philip work with
1: your organization.
0: Phil, thanks for coming on and, and sharing all of your expertise. Really appreciate it.
1: Rob, uh, I appreciate it. It's been great jamming with you today and wish the best of luck for all of your audience as they develop and advance their millennial talent and save the world.
0: Well said. Thanks again. Thank you, Rob. Thanks so much for listening in today. If you're interested in learning more about the show or how we can assist you through my leadership consulting company, then please visit my website at leadershipjamsession.com.